Hi there, my name is Scott Allen, and I'm sitting here beside Jake Kiefer, and we are trying something new for Johnson Street Church of Christ. This is a a new series of podcasts, and how would you describe it, Jake? So what we're uh, trying to do with this is effectively uh, dig a little deeper uh, on on what has gone on in the past uh, week's sermon. Um, one thing that a professor used to talk to us about uh, in sermon construction was that you're going to leave about 90% of your content and your things that you've studied on what he called the cutting room floor. And so that's sort of the idea that we're going with here is that's this right. is this is the cutting room floor. That's effectively. right, because there's a lot of things we did not talk about on Sunday. Right. I mean, if people want me to talk about the, these things, then then I could, hey, I could spend all day up there. But apparently people only tend to pay attention for how long? 20, 25 20, minutes? 25. So, yeah, there's a lot more a lot more content. But we thought it might be good and fun to just take some time each week and go through those, you know, 90% informational questions and kind of talk about them a little bit. So, yeah. so we're going to call this what? The Cutting Room Floor. Unless you have a better idea. So if you are listening and uh, you do have a better idea, you can email me at scottallen at johnsonstreetchurch.org or Kiefer at johnsonstreetchurch.org just in case you have a just a fantastic and creative name. Absolutely. Yeah. We are holding to this with loose and open hands. <laughs> so here we go. We're going to talk a little bit more and unpack this last Sunday sermon. Uh, do you remember the title of last Sunday sermon, Jake? If I am correct, uh, the title was Expectation and Covenant. Okay, good. Good. Wow. That's pretty good. I try to do my job. That is pretty good. You know, so I'm starting. It's a five-week series. And what we find is that the holiday season, everybody has expectations. You know, kids specifically, right? They're expecting right. they're going to get that $185 Lego yeah, Absolutely. And the parents are sweating because they're thinking, hopefully he'll forget. Yep. And, you know, like the football instead, because I can get one of those for $10. Mm-hmm. But we're all in this sta- certain states of expectation. And um, and so I think what we, what I wanted to start with is that, is that the one thing we can expect is that, is that God has made us some promises, and he's going to keep the keep those promises. So we talked about Israel. We talked about how they were in captivity in, in Babylon and then how they came back and were uh, allowed to return to rebuild the temple. And and what else do you remember me talking about? So uh, we went through uh, that, that in Ezra chapter 3, uh, which was the text last week, um, sort of going through the process with, with Israel and with the specific... Um, uh, festivities that were going on uh, to commemorate uh, the rebuilding of the temple, and um, there's one part I really want to get to, but I guess we'll we'll wait for that. Yeah. We got we got a long time. We got a well, not a long time. We have twenty. So they all weeks. resettled. Yeah, there were about forty, fifty thousand people mm-hmm. that were allowed to leave. Another question I had was how many stayed? You know how many mm-hmm. how many Jewish people stayed in Babylon? I just thought that, you know, right. there's only 50,000 were allowed to leave. This has been how many years? Close to 70 Same, years of captivity. Yeah. And so they were allowed to, to leave, and you have 50,000 of them. And they were allowed to return, and then they settled in their towns. And then they came to the temple. They all gathered. And I, I really like the way that, I think it's the, the NIV says it. It says, they gathered as one man, assembled mm-hmm. as one man in Jerusalem. That's Ezra 3, verse 1. 
I just love that love that idea. So mm-hmm. th- they all gathered as one, and then they basically prayed and thanked God and laid the foundation of the temple. They had all these this this period of time where they had their their feasts and their festivals, and they made their sacrifices, trying to cram seventy years into one you know short mm-hmm. amount of time. And so they all built their. Um, built the foundations and then they praised to the Lord again. And I love this. It's in, it's in verse 10. I'll just read it real quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, when the builders laid the foundations of the temple of the Lord, the priests in their vestments and with trumpets and the Levites, the son of Asaph with cymbals took their places to praise the Lord as prescribed by David, King of Israel. And here's what I love with praise and thanksgiving. They sang to the Lord. He is good. His love to Israel endures forever. And all the people gave a great shout of praise to the Lord because the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid. That in itself is a great image. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's always more. You know, there's, there's, if it were just to end there, that, that would have been a great time to end sure. that little, what is it, that little, you know, 30 minute TV show episode. Sure. Right? Done. Yeah. You're done. Um, but before we go on, just to remind ourselves that these people, they were living in hope and expectation that God would let them return to Israel. Probably not all of them, but some of them were were hanging on to that promise. And and then there was one, you know, just there's another passage that talks about God raising up prophets in Babylon to remind people of the promises of God. But it talk, really, my, my main focus was talking about the covenant, how covenant, when you decide to give yourself away or to, um, to make a promise, that, that is almost, that, that's where life begins, really. You're putting yourself out of your comfort zone and you're leaving a legacy. And the statement that I made, I don't know how good this is, but life begins when you decide to give your life away. Life begins, really, when you decide to die. Um. So I'm going to ask you a question. You weren't prepared for this. Okay. So how do you see this working out in your marriage? Ah, Oof. there you, you just go. go straight for the, I just go straight, straight for it. Uh-huh. Um, so the life begins when you give your life away. Well, I mean, in one sense you've got just, you know, your, your, your marriage begins whenever you give your life to somebody else. But, um, as far as playing out and how that continues to happen, um, you see it, I think in probably little day-to-day decisions um uh the choice to uh put someone else's concerns above your own um to for me and this may be still a little bit of a tender spot but i i didn't want a dog um i didn't want a dog for a long time and we finally decided to adopt a dog and a big reason why we ended up adopting a dog was because um you know that was something that anna wanted anna loved and has been a dog person her whole life and um, I was eventually converted. Obviously, that story kind of has a not great ending. Uh, we don't have to talk about it now. But um, that that's sort of, I think, one way that, that that sort of plays out, that you know, one person sort of influences another. Um, as you share your life with each other, your lives sort of start to, um, to weave together, and there's this new thing that comes out of that. So when you're standing up on those, on that stage, and you're making your vows... I don't know what y'all did. You, you probably had some really cool, creative way of singing your vows to your wife, didn't you? That was probably what you. Yeah, that's what happened in it. Okay, and we did it. I did have a bit where where I did sing a song, but uh, but no, vows were pretty standard. But 
Sorry, be a party pooper. No, that's okay. But when we stand there making those vows, we say mm-hmm. for better, for worse, for sickness and right. health, for richer, for poor, we tend to expect that it's going to be better than worse. It's mm-hmm. going to be richer than poor, and it's going to be healthier than sicker. Yeah. But but those moments, sometimes you find it's not that way. Right. You know, sometimes you think, oh, we're going to be a great dog-free house, and then all of a sudden you finally choose to say, yeah, okay. Okay, Mm -hmm. and then it does not really go like you want it to. Hmm. But do you not make the promise because it's going to have a bad ending? Do you not make a promise because it's going to be hard? And and I think that's really where this idea of legacy comes in, is that just the fact that you're making a promise, the fact that you're you're sacrificing your wants for what your wife wants, that's going to have lasting consequences Hmm. in a good way. Do you yeah. think? No, I, I would agree. Um, that's, like I said, the, the weaving together of those lives, you know, you, you can, there's been times, you know, kind of look back and try to remember what was life like before we got married or even before we met. And, you know, the person that I am or the person that she is, you know, there's so many ways that we've changed or we've, um, I guess, grown yeah, uh, or even grown together again to 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 really in have a mutual influence i guess on each other um that's kind of kind of neat to observe i guess and there also comes those moments when you have to choose again you have to re recommit right okay we've had a rough patch or this or that i'm just going to recommit that i'm going to mm-hmm. i'm going to love you it's not that you stopped loving her no. Or you stopped, you know, giving your life away, but it's that you're almost recommitting. And that's kind of what this this image is here, is that these people are basically renewing their vows to God, right? Right. And God's renewing his vows to them in this mm-hmm. moment. And and it's been a long road, lots of baggage, lots of years, lots of history. And then we go to the next part, because... They all, as one, they rejoice. A great shout of praise to the Lord because of the foundation of the house of the Lord is laid. Now let's continue. Verse mm-hmm. 12. This is the part that I didn't talk about. Yeah. It says this, uh, But many of the older priests and Levites and family heads who had seen the former temple. Now, how old do you think these people are? Well, so if you're working with at least... They're at least 70. 70, right. But, so you're probably thinking 85, 90, probably at the least. They're old. They're old. They're pretty old. If you are listening and you're 85, I'm sure that you are young. Absolutely. But these folks, they had, they were old. Right. 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 So they were at least old enough to remember what the old temple looked like. So let's continue reading. It says, many of the older priests and Levites and family heads who had seen the formal temple, former temple, wept aloud when they saw the foundation of this temple being laid, while many others shouted for joy. So as I'm looking at that, I'm thinking, okay. And, I'm, you know, part of me is is wondering why, because there's a couple of different reasons why they could have been weeping. But why was, why were they weeping? And so just reading this for yourself, what do you, right. what do you see? So... Um, as, as as I look at it, which way would it would it be? I mean, you can see are really? they a case for either. I mean, you can see a case for you know we're we're upset because it's not going to be the same. Um, that they're looking at the place where the you know where the where the temple once once stood in all its beauty and everything, 
and you know now they're laying the foundations for it but there's there's a sense of this is never going to be the same so so there's there's one line of thinking that says they're weeping because they remember how great it used to be and then they see what they look at as a piddly little foundation now mm-hmm. and think well how will this ever compare is that is that right. what you're saying yeah for sure and then okay yeah um and then same time i think you pointed this out whenever we were playing last week that um you could also see this as 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 weeping out of out of joy and out of just an overwhelming uh emotional response that that what was what was gone and what had been destroyed what what is now you know a pile of dust um god is going to make something beautiful out of it uh that there's going to be a rebirthing a resurrection of sorts um for that for that temple and for everything that that means for that for that faith so so the weeping could also be that they remember so for these people the legacy that was left for them by their parents and their grandparents was bondage mm-hmm. was was prison <laughs> right yeah. how many people out there have have to live a legacy that is every bad decision that was made by people before them you know mm-hmm. so maybe in one way these people are weeping because it is it is an overwhelming realization that god has been there all along i don't know what do you think sure um that's one way to look at yeah. it yeah no i mean i i think and this this is another point that i really like out of this is that at the end you see the that verse 13 that people could not distinguish the sound of joyful shouting from that of the weeping because the people were all shouting so loudly and the sounds heard far away so that the noise of the joyful noises and the and the weeping together which here in my translation you know it kind of it probably makes it lean it seems like some are happy some are not um from a distance and from a from from uh from just like a bird's eye view of this whole thing all you really hear is noise and it's and it's not distinguishable one way or the other joy and weeping joy and weeping together yeah yeah i just i think of this moment and can you think of the children in this moment are thinking what is happening mm-hmm. <laughs> mom is over here crying but but uncle uncle you know bob is over there he's excited right you know um it's really interesting you know i think that this moment these types of moments they happen to the best of us when when we are reflecting or whenever we are we are met with the realization that something that God's doing something bigger than than what we've anticipated mm-hmm. you know when we're standing before God when we're choosing to love and to obey him and in the midst of even in the midst of God answering our prayers i think sometimes we don't see clearly i just heard this phrase um sometimes our optics aren't very clean yeah you know, and for some of these people, they remember the old temple. Their eyes can still see this magnificent, bright, pristine structure, mm-hmm. what it used to be. But for the, some of the younger ones, maybe they see hope. You know, for some others, maybe they're shouting for joy, not because necessarily that they're they're excited, but maybe they're shouting for joy because they see a future of power and position and, and their place in it. Um, 
I think all of this speaks to expectation. If you look at those people, each of these groups, the joy and the weeping, what are their expectations? And I don't know, it sounds like they were shouting through and weeping through their expectations, mm-hmm. through what they were expecting or I don't know. So this is something that um, kind of occurring to me. For one thing, I think it might be, it's probably our our nature to assume maybe even a harder generate generational gap between the weeping and the joy Yeah. Um, than maybe there might have been. Um, I, I don't, I don't want to make it sound like it doesn't matter which is which, but I think, I think it, I think what does matter is that there are, that there's space for both of these in the same place. And I don't know that it's an accident that it's the temple, that it's a place of worship, that there, there are those who are, who are bringing excitement, um, and those who are bringing weeping. And even that those who are excited um, are not necessarily, you know, excited that the old temple is gone. I don't think any of them would be. You know, I don't know that any of them who are weeping are upset that there's going to be another temple. Um, I think it just has, I think it, it, this is just a really good passage to kind of show how um, our emotion, our gut emotional reactions are are valid the way that they are uh, and that there's a place for all of them and that really they're at their best when they are all given a place together in that same space, uh, especially a space of worship. I think that that's a really interesting point. There's, It's not a coincidence that this is happening at the temple. Mm. I think you're right. I think that, that you know, for me, it's sacred space. You know, I, it's not the building. It's not, but, but there's a built, whenever you are gathering with the sole purpose of remembering and honoring God, it's sacred space. Right. And to be able to completely express yourself and to let God know that either you're truly excited or you are mournful or you are you are let down, whatever that whatever that is, that's this is the place to do it. Mm-hmm. And I love that. It says and the noise, the sound was heard from far away. And this is still a, a, a place that's not really that safe. You know, they're not meeting in secret. They're not trying to make sure that they're safe. They're they're excited. They're honoring God in the middle of hostile territory. Um, that's interesting because I, I think that this all goes back to the fact that, that God made a promise and he's fulfill, he fulfilled that with him. You know, that, that the only reason that these people are here again is because God promised at one point to bring them back he's not he's not promising them promising them a a future without pain or difficulty or or you know conflict free future but what he is promising them is a future with him Mm -hmm. yeah yeah some of the things that i wrote down that i didn't say is that god's covenant is greater than our expectations um, his love is greater than our doubt. His desire for us is greater than our uncertainty. Because what I love is that this temple is, it, you know, if you read the story, you just see that it takes forever for this thing to be rebuilt. And they stop at some point and, you know, they have to rebuild. And this is like 50 plus years of, 
you know, back and forth. But what we do know is that the, is that God's temple is going to be fulfilled one day in the body of His Son Jesus. Which means that before we ever had the opportunity to reach out to God, He had reached out to us. Even whenever we get into this next week, which which is going to be this next week is going to be this this uh, beginning of a, I guess a three part um, look at what should we be expecting from God. You know, we know that God's covenant to us is everlasting. We know that that you know, whenever He chose to love us is where our life began. Um, you know, one thing that that we can be assured of is that He's going to keep His promises. But what are those promises? Mm-hmm. What should we be expecting? So this next three weeks, that's what we're going to be looking at. Mm-hmm. We're just going to take three basic promises. We're going to look at you know what what are some things we should expect. Um, some, sometimes I think we we expect things that aren't necessarily things that haven't been promised to us. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going to start simple, and we're just going to, this Sunday specifically, we're going to talk about the fact that God has said he would be with us. Right. Um, what else about this okay. and this and Ezra? Anything else stand out to you? Anything else that we've not talked about? Oh, you know what? Yeah, I'm going to go back up actually to verse 11. Um I remember making mention of this. Um, one of us did, I know. Uh, I'm planning again in verse 11. When they sing with praise and thanksgiving to the Lord, for he is good, his faithful love and to Israel endures forever. So that little bit, um, the God is good, his love endures forever, uh, is, a, is, is something that occurs a lot in the Psalms. And that phrase actually, I think it's Psalm 136, where you have... His love endures forever that, that follows all I think it's like 30 some verses long and you have uh, a statement that's made and his love endures forever and the statement's like a call and response kind of a thing and uh, I just thought it was really neat that that Israel as they're, as they're coming back and, and, and they've been displaced geographically um, but their faith is still with them and their um, their praise and their, their song is still with them that whenever they come back and, and there's this Again, this emotional, uh, just overwhelming moment. What everyone agrees on is is that one really repetitive song that we could all never really forget. You know, I always think like you know in our faith tradition, if we were all displaced forever and like a bunch of like you know, let's use Church of Christ people for example, like we probably all just start singing love one another for love is of God. You know, that would just be like one of our things that's our staple, and it's like kind of an identity song for us. I thought and it was so, going to be like 528B. Five, oh, oh, that's true. 728B. 728B. We could also, we could also rock uh, Our God. Or is it right? Our, our God, God is, is alive. alive. Yeah, right. that's right. All right. Yeah. Either one, you know, either one, you can go wrong. But there are, but that, yeah. that's interesting <clears throat> is because they're, you know, for all of you people who think new songs are better, they're singing a, a hymn that's a couple hundred oh, yeah. years old. Yeah. And, and they all know it, which means that, some, that, that their fathers and their grandfathers mm-hmm. were teaching this and singing this song right. to them. So we talk about legacy. Legacy. There it is. Man, I mean, you know, how powerful is just a song? Mm-hmm. You know, teaching theology what does it mean to love and praise God through music? I mean, that, this in its, of itself, after 70-plus years in captivity in a foreign land, and who knows what all practices they adopted in Babylon, they still remember this song. Right. That's a really good point. I love it. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. really interesting. Because they sang a lot of those songs as they went up to the temple. 
Mm-hmm. And I can, you know, I can imagine them saying, oh, yeah, and we used to sing this song. Yeah. Whenever we'd walk up these steps, this is where the steps used to be. Mm-hmm. And we would sing this song. And this is where the, these were the mikvahs were. And when we'd come out of the mikvah, we'd sing this song. Mm-hmm. I can just imagine those stories and yeah. the kids just listening and being amazed. So, so I think all in mm-hmm. all, there is a... There's a psalm I didn't use. It was Psalm 37.5. It says, Commit your way to the Lord, trust in Him, and He will do this. And I think that there is something to be said about committing your life or recommitting your life to God. This idea of of you know focusing on the fact that, that your covenant matters. Um, you know, you you've been married for how long? Uh, a little over three years. Nice. You remembered what's your anniversary? August sixteenth, twenty fourteen. You're sure about I'm that? Positive. That's pretty good. It's my mom's anniversary, or my parents, and it's Anna's sister and brother in law. So Three years. We can't forget it. That's that's pretty good. It's my twenty uh, first anniversary really? today. Yeah. Today, yeah. happy anniversary. Thank you. Thank Feel you. bad I didn't know. And and I, you know, I look at my wife and I think, you know, it's so funny that I love her differently than I did when we first met. Hmm. And and the covenant that we've made to each other that we know that that's strong. We know that's important. I may not always agree with her, and she may not always like me, but you know what? We are committed. Mm-hmm. And I know that that is going to speak volumes to the children that are not born yet, whether it's ours or others, you know, because I know that God does something whenever you choose to give yourself away. And so when he chose to do that, he allowed us to expect more from him than we would from anything else. He's basically saying, "Listen, you you know, expect this. I'm going to I'm going to keep my promise." So this Sunday we talk about what the promises are. And uh we will continue this conversation next week. What else? Anything else? Um no, I think I think on this I think I'm good. I'm excited for the next couple of weeks. Um, well, this is, you know, I think this that this will be good. Hey, if you have any questions or comments or or have uh, any other insights, we would love to hear from you. Uh, you can email us uh, at Scott Allen at johnsonstreetchurch.org or Jake Kiefer at johnsonstreetchurch.org, um, and uh, we will hopefully uh, be able to address those comments or questions uh, via email. Um, But thank you very much for listening. And I'm Scott. I'm Jake. And we will talk at you next week. All righty. See you then.